Welcome to the intersection of faith and the culture. This is Wall Builders Live, where we talk about the day's hottest topics, always looking at those topics from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective. I guarantee you, if you take those three perspectives on any issue you're dealing with, whether it's family-related or, or cultural, you know, what's happening in your neighborhood, with your state, with your nation, with business, I mean, you name it. If you'll look at it from all three perspectives, you're going to find the right answer. And then having the courage to implement that answer, well, that's a whole nother topic. But here at Wallbunders Live, we love addressing all of these things and then giving you the encouragement you need and the equipping that you need to be the difference maker in your community. You can be the catalyst to be a restoration of biblical principles, of biblical values, of constitutional principles. You can be the catalyst for restoring that in your community, your state, and in our nation. So thanks for tuning in to Wobblers Live. My name is Rick Green. I'm a former Texas legislator and America's Constitution coach, and I have the privilege and honor of being here with David Barton, America's premier historian and our founder here at Wobblers, and Tim Barton, national speaker and pastor and president of Wobblers. Now, the recording that we're going to play for you today is actually from a conference we all attended just a few weeks ago for legislators. It's called the Pro Family Legislators Conference. We do it once a year, and we put on this conference for the purpose of bringing in these state reps and state senators from all over the nation giving them a chance to hear from great speakers like the one you're going to hear from today, but also just to interact, to have that iron sharpening iron, that opportunity to sharpen each other's countenance, uh, to find out that they're not alone, that there are other legislators that come from that biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective, and then to exchange ideas on things that they've had success on in their state so that others can do the same. It's a really great opportunity. Pro-Family Legislators Conference is the name of it. Um, and, and, and I tell you, we, we would love to have all of you attend if possible, but that's not possible. Uh, so what we do is when we hear these great speakers, we try to bring as many of their presentations to you here on Wobbleders Live as we possibly can. We've got another one we're going to play this week. It's Glenn Beck. And we thought, well, let's go ahead and share uh, Glenn's entire presentation from the Legislators Conference. A lot of great information in there. So we're going to jump right into that. I'm going to take a quick break here. And then when we come back from the break, we will be joining Glenn Beck as he presents at the Pro Family Legislators Conference. Stay with us. You're listening to Wobbler's Live. This is Tim Barton from Wall Builders with another moment from American history. The year after the American War for Independence ended, we began addressing the issue of Muslim terrorists in North Africa who were attacking American ships and killing and enslaving American seamen. Congress dispatched John Adams and Thomas Jefferson to negotiate peace, and when they asked the Muslim ambassador the reason for the unprovoked attacks, he told them that it was written in their Koran, that it was their right and duty to make war upon them whenever they could be found. Sixteen years of negotiations failed, and in 1801, America sent its military to crush the terrorists. When that war ended in 1805, the first American edition of the Koran was published, urging Americans to read the Koran to see for themselves that its teachings were incompatible with the safety and peace of non-Muslims. To see the first American Koran and to get more information about America's first war on Islamic terror, go to wallbuilders.com. We're back here on Wallbuilders Live. Thanks for staying with us today. Glenn Beck is our special guest today. It's actually a presentation that he gave at the Pro-Family Legislators Conference. Let's jump in. Here's Glenn Beck at the Pro-Family Legislators Conference. Hi, everybody. Welcome. We're, uh, we're glad to have you here. Um, thank you. 
Um, David, for some reason, has uh, asked me asked me to speak, and uh, I'm, I'm going to take questions because I've got a lot of stuff to show you, but I don't know if it's going to be of any interest to you. Um, so just going to kind of wing it. I hope that's okay. Welcome to uh, my home. This is the Mercury Studio lot. It used to be the Paramount lot back in the 80s. Silkwood, born on the 4th of July. Um, uh, every episode of Barney was filmed <laughs> right across the brickyard here. Those are the studios. Um, and uh, this was kind of the, uh, I guess, the main headquarters for Paramount in Texas. And it fell in disrepair. And, uh, and then I moved and I'll never forget. The, I'll never forget what the bank said to me when I signed when I signed for the mortgage. They said, "Congratulations on a 50-year-old movie studio." And I was like, <laughs> "You should have said that before I signed." Anyway, um, we're we're glad you're here. Uh, you're going to see the vault. Um, what you're going to see tonight is about one percent of the uh, collection between uh, Mercury and uh, Wall Builders. David's been doing this for a very, very long time. Uh, I'm trying to catch up, but he keeps buying stuff, so <laughs> I don't know if I will ever catch up. Anybody who wants a really big tax write-off, I'll go in Havsies for Sputnik in two weeks, <laughs> if anyone wants to join me in trying to buy Sputnik. Okay. Uh, yo, I am dead serious. I'm dead serious. <laughs> Sputnik changed the world. There's three of them. And this one comes from Czechoslovakia. Uh, and I was in a room the other day uh, at an auction house here in town. They said, <laughs> I'm talking to this guy, and I went, is that Sputnik? And he said, oh, yeah, <laughs> like it's normal. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about where we are and how we got here and the dangers that we are all facing. I also want to spend a couple of minutes on ESG on something that uh, uh, David didn't know that just came out last week. For anybody who is doubting that the S and the G are important, I have something to share with you that just came out this week. But let me take you through the bonfire of the vanities. Anybody know what that is besides the book? Bonfire of the vanities um, actually happened in Florence. And it is when we burn not only the books, this was, we had the Dark Ages, and then between 1300 and 1500, we had the Reformation. Then we went into the Renaissance, and everything changed, and it really revolved around Florence, um, because the banker, Medici, um, had all the money, and he started just taking these people into his home and saying, you have great talent, and Galileo was part of this group. It was an amazing group. Um, but it was really started by one man, and uh, his son, Lorenzo the Great, then took it on, and he really juiced everything up. When he dies, everything's kind of in disrepair, because people had started to move from the Renaissance and saying, you're painting people naked, and that's pagan and not good. And he tried to appease everybody by bringing in a priest who then turned on him at the last and he's the guy that's responsible for the bonfire of the vanities. Now imagine uh, Leonardo da Vinci came from uh, Medici, um, Michelangelo, Galileo, all of these people. And the priest comes and he's taking masterworks and he's throwing it on a fire. Michelangelo is there and he is actually burning his hands trying to pull some of these things out. There is only one painting on canvas or on board for Michelangelo. One. Not because he didn't paint them, 
but because they were burned in the bonfire of the vanities, okay? So you had this swing that went from the Dark Ages into this beautiful period, and then things got a little crazy, as they always do, because when you're on a pendulum, you know, you're usually, when you're on a, you know, you're on a, a, a carnival ride, it's really not bad until you get right up here, and right up here, that's when everybody starts to scream. <laughs> that was about 1500. Everybody started to scream and say, what is going on? This is out of control. So they burned everything. Then we had the Enlightenment, and the Enlightenment changed everything. The Enlightenment uh, kind of breaks off in two ways. You have the French, uh, you have the European, and uh, then you have the American. And the American Enlightenment is, let's prove things through science and use reason, but let's couple that with God, because they should agree with each other, okay? And we get, we get our science on how things work, but on the things on what we should do, we get from God, okay? The French and everybody else decided to go their own way, and they just went all science, mainly because France was uh, tied, and all of Europe, tied the king right directly to God and religion. So the people saw it as one, and they hated it. And so they didn't believe in God because they didn't believe in the king. They didn't believe in the church because they didn't believe in the king. And the church was oppressing them because of the king. So they erased all of it and said, we're just nonsense comes from this idea, don't believe nonsense. Don't believe things that are told to you that there's a guy in the sky. Can you see him? Can you smell him? Can you measure him? Can you feel him? Oh, I can feel him in my heart. That's nonsense. You have five senses. God doesn't touch any of those now, does he? You can't touch him. So that's nonsense. Okay, that's where that comes from. So you have nonsense, all science, which leads you to Darwin. Darwin, I'm going to take you for a little trip uh, here. Uh, Darwin, does anybody know the, the full name of Darwin's origin, origin of species? Or... The, the, here's the title. Uh, Charles Darwin, on the origin of species by the means of natural selection or, part everybody leaves out, or the preservation of favored races in the struggle of life. So we had racism, but it was, it could change, it could morph, and it was nonsense, right? Nonsense. Prove that to me. Prove to me. You couldn't. Darwin now codifies through science. Science tells us, follow the science. These are not the favored races. You're the favored race. And those who have not been favored or not fully cooked should be kept apart. Okay? This is science now being codified, racism now being codified for the very first time. So now you have an excuse. Now you're not being racist. Now you're being scientific. This leads to uh, this series of books. It's a five-book series. This is by, I hate this guy, Woodrow Wilson. Uh, Woodrow Wilson wrote uh, The History of the American People in five volumes. Remember, he was at Princeton. He was a scholar. He was a scientist, man. He couldn't be wrong. 
There's no mention of any black patriot at all in his history of America. The heroes, when you get to that, are the Klan. There's one picture in all five volumes of a African-American, and he looks shockingly like a monkey. Hey, if you saw this up close, I think we're going to put this out on the table so you'll be able to see it. It's a monkey. Why is it a monkey? Darwin. They're not a favored race. So I'm talking to you about science. See what happens? Okay. Science, Darwin, racism is codified, which brings us to this. For the good of the race, a catalog of outstanding works by the foremost authorities on eugenics. Okay? We did not fight eugenics in Germany. We brought a lot of those guys over here, but they didn't start it. We did. Okay? We, our scientists, our eugenics, look it up, Human Betterment Society, and what a surprise, California, goes over and meets with the German scientists. And they are excited about this new idea because this is a book that comes out of it. Uh, This is a whole packet uh, made for teachers. Okay, and this starts with how how plants and trees pollinate. And if you have cross-pollination, it's sometimes not really good. But cross-pollination is good if you know what you're mixing. But you don't always want to mix things. And if you have a sick plant, it will cross-pollinate, and that other plant will be sick. And thus, children... I want you to know that if you know of somebody that is handicapped or sick, no matter what you do, the offspring is going to be sick and deformed and bad. And we all know, kids, don't we, that Jewish people are bad. They're really a sickness, a plague on humanity. So we've got to stop the pollinization with the Jewish people. That's what all of this says in picture form. One of the last things is to show the difference between the master race and the Jew. It also goes in, um, in great detail, on how you as a teacher scientifically need to explain where their Jewish friends who are now missing from class have gone and why it's so important. This was being taught by teachers. Hmm. This is Mein Kampf for the teacher, so they could teach Mein Kampf in school. Where did all of this come from? We have the codification, but if you don't believe me about eugenics, I invite you to go to theblaze.com and watch something called The Black Stork. We are the only ones that have a public copy of it. There's only one copy left. We found it in a, in a, a university library, I think in South Carolina. 
we begged and begged and begged, and they gave us a copy of it so we could get it out to the public. It should not be in the basement. It should be out front. It was a movie called The Black Stork, about 1919. It is horrifying. It is all about eugenics, and it is all about how moms and dads, they're, they're so good, and they tried, but when they had a baby, the baby was disformed, uh, and... What is the parent going to do? They don't have the heart. So the black stork comes in the form of the nurse and the doctor. And in it, in the movie, in one of the most horrifying scenes, you have the doctor injecting uh, poison into the little baby. And Jesus is standing there blessing the doctor. Okay? America, not Germany. America because it was codified. Hi friends, we're going to interrupt Glenn for just a second. Got to take a quick break. Stay with us. You're listening to Wall Builders Live. Hey, this is Tim Barton with Wall Builders. And as you've had the opportunity to listen to Wall Builders Live, you've probably heard the wealth of information about our nation about our spiritual heritage, about the religious liberties, about all the things that makes America exceptional. And you might be thinking, as incredible as this information is, I wish there was a way that I could get one of the Wall Builders guys to come to my area and share with my group, whether it be a church, whether it be a Christian school or public school or some political event or activity. If you're interested in having a Wall Builder speaker come to your area, you can get on our website at www.wallbuilders.com and there's a tab for scheduling. And if you'll click on that tab, you'll notice there's a list of information from speakers' bios to events that are already going on. And there's a section where you can request an event to bring this information about who we are, where we came from, our religious liberties and freedoms. Go to the Wall Builders website and bring a speaker to your area. We're back here on Wobblers Live. Thanks for staying with us. We've been enjoying a presentation from Glenn Beck at the Pro Family Legislators Conference. So let's jump right back in. Here's Glenn Beck. Now we have to be scientific about things. Don't let your feelings get in. And certainly, what is that about God? Eugenics all comes from collectivism. Collectivism is the idea, of course, that Guys, you at this table, we'll start offing those people until they comply, and we'll run the whole room. That's collectivism. Your sheep, we're the ranchers. That never leads to anything good. That is exactly what is happening right now. You had that at the bonfire of the vanities. The ranchers stood up and said, bring all of this art or you will burn. And like sheep, they did. We have collectivism and this kind of uh, rancher and sheep idea happens all through history. And it is happening right now again. Why do you think the FBI? Why do you think the FBI is making not the crime not the crime, but the punishment for no crime, just being accused is your punishment. Okay? You will lose friends. You will be besmirched. No one 
Everyone will question you for the rest of your life. You're an outlaw. This is what the Democrats did until we had the civil rights movement. They just did it to a different color of people. And they know they can control people if they can make them just sit down out of fear. That's what's happening again. The same people are deeming themselves ranchers and telling us the same people who brought us eugenics and brought the world the Holocaust, the same exact people are now telling us, follow science, don't trust him. They are unforgivable because of their skin color. What we're facing is... is a blessing because we all get to decide who we were born to be. In my faith, we believe we were born, every single one of us is born with a job to do. Don't know what it is. You know, one of the things I, I built all of this and collecting all of this stuff because I think I heard in my prayers, I know I heard, clay pots. I didn't know what that meant. For months I played, prayed on, what does clay pots mean? I'm the dumb one. I'm your dumb kid. Well, talk down to me. <laughs> and I realized that I was talking about our sacred American scripture. And then I remembered the Dead Sea Scrolls were kept from people who would want to destroy them in clay pots way back in the back of a cave. That's why I started my collection, because we must preserve this in case the entire world goes insane and it's buried for a hundred years or a thousand years, the truth will be found. Now, I could die and, and I could get up to heaven saying, huh, right? I did what I was born and you'd be like, no, it was actually that conversation in the sixth grade you were supposed to have. You missed that, but come on in anyway. Okay? Don't know what it is, but we're striving for that. And each one of us is born at this time for a reason. This is the only time I believe in collectivism. We're all God's children. I don't know why we haven't fallen under the spell. I know good religious people who are under the spell. Yeah. I know atheists who aren't. Yeah. I don't know why we haven't fallen into hypnosis, but we're the ones that are awake, not woke. We're awake. Yeah. And what we have forgotten is somehow or another, we went down and the American experiment, boom, just joined into this. And it joined in about the 1800s, 18, 1880. As soon as you get Darwin and then the German schools take off, then you've, I mean, it's just a, a nightmare. And we really haven't ever recovered from that because nobody really identified the disease. The disease is we have lost our way on science and facts just because scientifically we can do something doesn't mean we should do that. But we have elevated ourselves to God. I was reading in 
Second Chronicles 15. Now for a long season, Israel hath been without the true God. Wait a minute. Doesn't say without God. It says without the true God. Hmm. That means they had other gods, didn't they? What could those gods? If you're going to make up a god, you'd make up a god that, you know, you do something that you really kind of want to do. That's the difference between this god and other gods. I never want to do the stuff he wants me to do. (laughs) You're like, really? Can't we just have ice cream? Sit around? Uh, So it says, um, Israel hath been without the true God. And the true God had been replaced, obviously, with gods that if I worship, you're going to give me something. Okay, I want something. That's what Baal was all about. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to have all the sex I want because you're the fertility God, and then I'll sacrifice my baby to you. What was that all about? I think about, let's all have sex. How can we codify that? Okay, so this is all these false gods come up. The true God's gone, and they were without a teaching priest. I hate to say this because I know the preacher's in here, but shame on the lion's share of all of you. Uh, it's, uh, you were the ones that brought us to the American experiment. I'm sorry, I know, I know where you've been. You've been worried about your mortgages. Um, <laughs> Uh, We've been uh, without a teaching priest and without law. Our friends, out of time for today. You've been listening to Glenn Beck giving a presentation at the Pro-Family Legislators Conference. Tomorrow we get the conclusion with Glenn Beck speaking at the Pro-Family Legislators Conference. While you're on that website at wallbuilderslive.com, please consider making one of those one-time or monthly contributions. Our voice of truth is needed in this culture so much right now. Uh, We need a voice of reason. We need truth. We need to be sharing with our friends and family and contacts. We're asking you to host classes in your church or in your living room. You can can do our new Biblical Citizenship class. It's available for free to you and your church right there at biblicalcitizens.com. That's biblicalcitizens.com. Hope you'll sign up today. Be sure and tune in tomorrow. We'll get the conclusion with Glenn Beck. Thanks so much for listening to Walpolders Live. We stand undivided. Forever